we started. All right, we're in Ephesians now, though. <laughs> what are you laughing at? You? Why? Because you're cute, Ephesians. All right. Before we start Ephesians, go ahead and take a moment and say a quick prayer. Okay, and then um, we want to make sure to just put it out there if there's anything that we can do for you, anything we can lift up in prayer, anything at all. If you need a Bible, if you need anything, go to aphomechurch.com and message us there. All right, uh, before we start, <clears throat> excuse me, Ephesians was the last letter of, because we went through Philemon, Colossians, Philippians. Yeah, we've done all of them backwards. Um, but this one was the last one of his prison letters from probably around 62 AD when he was in prison in Rome before he got out. And then he was imprisoned again for the final time and killed. So this is during that period, the same period of time. But this is to the church in Ephesus. And this is another letter that just kind of offers general instruction in the truth of what God's redemptive work in Christ has done, um, kind of the unity of the church, um, not obviously not just in Israel now. Now we've, we've spilled across outside of Israel into the Gentiles and even, even further. Um, so just kind of... You, you know, unifying everybody is one, this new idea of, of trying to kind of develop this, this new way of, of living and, and behaving as followers of Christ. Because um, like this do. would have been very different, obviously, you know, to an Orthodox Jew. Well, and I feel like we kind of don't realize the impact here. The Jewish people throughout all of history pretty much kept to themselves they kept together kept to themselves i mean it people knew of it um and there definitely were gentile believers even before this but it was pretty much they were kind of off doing their own thing and so now with the roots coming from that and now the fulfillment of christ going into everything and you're having I mean, thousands of converts. I mean, just everywhere you turn yeah, around. Yeah, it's a really, I mean, and you have such a diverse community yeah, around you. Yeah, this it's, whole thing it's new. was unlike anything else, and really just blew up just so rapidly that um, that that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people heard it and they knew that it was truth. They yeah. knew, and that's why they accepted the gospel. But many didn't have any idea what to do afterwards because yeah. just because of the di- the diversity so just another one of those kind of giving uh, uh instruction on, on how to do that just proper conduct in the church your own home and then throughout the world so hopefully that's a good setup to it i guess mm-hmm. that's good right do i need to get anything more well you you gotta tell me because sometimes i think of like different things but yeah I'm not sure. You're supposed to be my ref here. I'm your ref. Oh, great. Yeah. No, I think this is good to get started. You'll think of other things as we get going. I know I will. All right. Well, with that, everybody, we'll start with chapter one. Well, remember, because you said... I lied. Hold on a second. Remember, you said uh, earlier that you think that there's things that I end up saying... 
Yeah, you guys, he says stuff in these ones that he doesn't say in our oh, family that's what Bible you're saying. study. Okay. And I'm like, honey, tell us these things. They're so good. <laughs> oh, I thought and you don't, um, for some reason I was thinking. Well, because you've like done this with our family for so long, sometimes you won't say things because you're like, oh, I've said it a million times before. But then there's certain things that I kind of, you know, we'll forget about it. Or you'll say them down here. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, I knew that, but. I really hate I to be repetitive, it. though, with it. I don't want to. Yeah, but you should. I don't want to do that. Um, All right, well. Well, and remember here, too, in this whole Ephesus, um, just some statistics. It was the fourth largest city in the Roman Empire, which mm-hmm. is insane to realize how large this is. Um, and this is modern-day Turkey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is that whole area was give the, the history is very silent on that time that time period yeah. because it was a very very uh, popular area of trade all throughout the world mm-hmm. just realizing how large you know this um this audience uh, you know that this church had in this city i mean you just realize i feel well, like yeah. sometimes we think of these things we look at them and we're like oh it was just this rinky dink little village you know or something like that you know they were just so it's so far from where we are they clearly yeah no i think the, the uh what the pot do you have it there in front of you says, i think the population around five hundred thousand. yeah that's what it says population of perhaps of yeah about half a million yeah. people which for the time that's a very very a large people. city yeah um Considering how small they are and how close together they are. Yeah. But Just what's interesting, again, like we mentioned, that the, the diversity, but our God knowing that, mm-hmm. knowing that that's the, the way that you spread the gospel throughout the, the whole world is, you know, you, these port cities, you know, because the world is going out. All these going out through... Um, the the ends of the earth is is just how this all spreads so it's it's interesting to see all the different cultures coming together and then kind of separating and going their own way and, and taking the gospel with it to their own their own nations chapter one this letter is from paul chosen by the will of god to be an apostle of christ jesus I am writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. All praise to God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Because we are united with Christ, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. I love verse 7. So rich in kindness that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. It's extremely straightforward, but it's also very weighty. Mm-hmm. The blood we... of your son purchased your freedom with the blood of your own son. It's crazy. I think it's almost easy sometimes to get caught up in stuff and not realize the weight of what everything we're living for means. Yeah, we don't 
we don't take enough into enough of this into consideration when we even when we sin when we slip up you know like your freedom from that sin was purchased with the blood of God's own son like that's crazy <laughs> well and being parents I mean yeah that's of, what that's what makes it so crazy yeah. is the fact that being a parent can you imagine that yeah I mean our firstborn is our only son you know and you think of that and it just is foreign you know I can't even fathom I can't wrap my head around that yeah yeah all right, verse 9. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance and makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us an inher the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would... Praise and glorify him. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or leader or anything else, not only in this world but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who, feel, who fills all things everywhere with himself. I know all of that is a lot, but Paul is very straightforward in a lot of that. In a lot of Ephesians, you can use to answer a lot of, a lot of questions. Um, a lot of questions in the... In the Man, a bunch of different circles, everywhere from Jehovah Witnesses to Mormons to to Jews to so many different things that that Paul says just right there in this first chapter that you can go and reference so many different things. And so, there's a lot there. Um, I suggest on your on your own time, not in <laughs> not in this short morning Bible study, but there is a lot to to pick out in there. And obviously, if anybody has any questions or anything on that, they can send them and ask, and and we can try to help you. But going into chapter 2, verse 1. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, 
you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the heart of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we are subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. Okay, so now Paul's getting into some stuff that we can kind of break down for for our everyday lives. Not that chapter one you couldn't, but this one is, is there's a lot here too that's that's applicable. Just like you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world. Indicating you don't do that anymore. Obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world that the god of this world is stronger than you not stronger than he that's inside of you but he's stronger than you and if you don't have christ he's definitely stronger than you sorry that was loud rude, rude. so sorry if you have headphones in <laughs> I am really, really sorry. Anyway, back to Satan. Yeah, he's he's a lot stronger than you are, and he will overpower you. And we don't give enough. Sometimes we give him too credit, and then too much credit, and sometimes we don't give him enough. But when you read things like you know being the commander of the powers in the unseen world, and he is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. I always say, I like to say wrong spirit, I think, is like my new favorite thing. When people try to talk about being Mm spirit-filled and they're not. Like, you know, like those people that are convulsing on the floor and and like, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Wrong spirit. Wrong spirit. And he is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way going into chapter 3. All of us used to live that way following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. So that's something that's there. By our very nature, we are subject to God's anger just like everyone else. People don't understand this. We think, oh, yay, Jesus, which, amen, true, 100%. However, just we're in the flesh. We are still hostile to God. And by our very nature, by our flesh, that's our human flesh, we are subject to God's anger just like anyone else. We're not because we have Christ. But you still can't forget that you are still, where you stand, you still stand condemned because there's still death in this world. There's still, we as Christians can't forget that. It's nothing to be afraid of, obviously, because we're not destined to wrath and we were forgiven and we move back and everything else. But, uh, going Paul's point here is like our our sinful nature is the issue here and we can't follow that sinful nature knowing that we are subject to God's anger not again not that we're not saved and and that's not what I'm saying but still being in the flesh until we are made to be like Christ we're subject and we need to remind ourselves of that. And our, our, the point that Paul's making here is our behavior needs to be adjusted based, to, based off of that information. Verse 4. But God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Nothing that we did. Verse 6. For 
He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Believing in Christ is a gift. He calls you and, and you it's up to you to listen and to believe and to follow him. And it's not, when we say believe, it's not believing that he exists. Because we reference James, you know, when he said even the demons believe and they shudder. So we're talking about following him. Verse 9. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. Just as in how God is bringing back Israel to the land, not because of anything that they did, because of God's grace, because they are. He has put his name on it. So it's it, to see that parallel of the Old Testament and here in the, in the New Testament that we're given salvation, not because of our, our not because of anything good that we did, it's be, I mean, we're, we, we were given the, the faith and the opportunity to believe in Christ uh, to gain that salvation, but none of that was anything that we did to deserve it. Yeah, it's not some, like, tallies. Yeah, no, we already messed up. Things, like, yeah. we already messed up a long time ago, and we will continue to mess up. Yeah. Verse... I think I made it one verse. <laughs> so well, that's good, because I went through one kind of quick, so... Now he's going to make up Now I'm going to make up for it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created it. Oh, I already read 10. Did you? Yeah, because I remember a new. Oh, 11. That's just a weird, that's a weird word. No, I think people like this. Okay. This is raw. (laughs) (laughs) A new, it's a weird word. A new. Like, it's not, but reading it is weird. Yeah. A new. Cause yeah, it looks like the, it looks like a word that there's supposed to be like a space in between, like a new, not together. Sounds like a weird bird. Yeah, like I got a new car. A new, a new, a new. All right. Anyway, verse eleven. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews, who are proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people. When in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. What, so what is... I don't see where the, the people miss this. The, the ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. Yeah. Okay. Know. 
feel like it's pretty clear. I feel like that was pretty simple to understand, but what do I know, right? <laughs> I'm kidding. All right, verse 16. Yes. Together as one. I know, yes. I know where we're at. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross, and our hostility toward each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him, and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling, where God lives by his spirit. A lot of, uh, I think this is a good way to address probably the question about the kingdom promises and everything too. Uh, all of us are reconciled into one one through Christ into one people ultimately so it's very important to note that that's these promises are for us as well as we're not not the literal land promises to ethnic Israel but um, you know everything else outside of that we don't go in there too no we do it's just not talking to us not yeah it's just not talking to us like yeah we we go to but when we're talking about israel in the old testament like as in ethnic israel is to where you say israel is in god's new people israel is that's where you get into this confusion because it's two groups into one but yet there's still one that's still kind of separate because of the fact that they're God's people and you know Jesus was a Hebrew so it's that's that's where the that's where a lot of confusion comes from I know and a lot of argument comes from on on both sides but it's one Israel yet the church is not Israel Israel's Israel but we're Israel does that make sense it doesn't like I understand it I don't know how to explain it better because we're grafted in but yet we could be grafted out we're not the original root well I think that's to say I mean if you look at an immigrant right you or, or, or I mean he uses the the term of adoption right so if we adopt a child that is our child we love that child mm -hmm. that is our adopted sure. child that adopted child, though, still has biological parents out in the world somewhere else. Sure, that's a grafted part of it. We're yeah. their parents now. Yeah. We have adopted this child in, and we love them like we love our other children, but they're still, it's still different. Like, you love them just the same, and they're not any less or anything so like, like that. So, like, if you were to get, them. like, an arm transplant, you'd be like, this is my arm. Yeah. You wouldn't say that this is Bob's arm. Yeah, it's my arm. Now. It's my arm, but it's, like it's used but, to be Bob's but, arm. But is it your arm? No, it's Bob's arm. No, it's Bob's but arm. It's but my it's arm. my arm. Yeah. <laughs> that's. But Thanks. that's how it works. Thanks, Bob. 
<laughs> that is how it works. That's the whole idea of the, the whole grafting thing. Does that mean at any point Bob can show up and be like, I need my, I need my arm back? No, Bob's gone. See, okay. they, use, they use cadavers. <laughs> I think. I don't know. Oh, God. How do we get here in I Ephesians? I'm sorry, everybody. We get a little banter in between that we won't cut out. We'll just leave because it's fun. And you just need to laugh every once in a while, guys. Suppose. <laughs> this episode of Heidi and Brandon are breaking. Chapter three. Chapter three. When I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the benefit of you Gentiles, assuming, by the way. That you know God gave me the special responsibility of extending his grace to you Gentiles. As I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. As you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now by his spirit he has revealed it to his holy apostles and prophets. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace and mighty power, I've been given the privilege of serving him by spreading the good news. See, I should have just let Paul go ahead and take it. I should have just... He's explaining it all for you right here. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his, eter his eternal plan, which carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I am suffering for you, so you should feel honored. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Why does it always end on an awesome spot? We've got like like two like three more chapters and it ended like it he just ended the book right on chapter three. Mm -hmm. Hold the next three are good ones. I mean all of it all is good ones. all of it is is really, really good, but again all of it is straightforward and I probably shouldn't have explained Paul when Paul could explain himself. <laughs> but um Yeah. That was the first the half first, and we'll first half and we'll be back with the head tomorrow for the rest. Yep, what she said. <laughs>